Welcome to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. I'm your host, Amy Farina, aka MC Unicorn. This is the podcast where I interview interesting people in the electronic music scene who are raving for a cause and making the world a better place. Tune in twice a month to hear incredible stories, advice, and insider tips from ravers, industry professionals, content creators, and more. As always on this podcast, the views and opinions of my guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those of my own or those of Drop Bass Not Bombs. As we do discuss some difficult topics on this podcast, listener discretion is advised. Before we jump into today's episode, a few messages from friends of the podcast and our sponsors. Are you looking for the perfect outfit for your next rave or big night out? When I'm planning my next festival fit, I go to Relita Couture. Relita Couture is a body positive rave fashion brand based in Las Vegas. The clothes are handmade and sure to make you look amazing for your next rave or festival. I've worn Relita Couture now all over the world, both as a raver and while I MC. The clothes are high quality and extremely comfortable. Use code MCUnicorn for 15% off at RelitaCouture.com because sexy has no size. Welcome back to the Drop Base Not Bombs podcast. My name is Amy Farina, aka MCUnicorn. So today we have a really special episode. It's just me, myself, and I. There's no guests. Uh, we haven't done a solo episode in a while. So yeah, this this will be interesting. And this one's really special because it's my first event review. So obviously, I write reviews. I do full party reports uh, for my other job as the chief editor of Hardstyle Mag. But I've never done a full event review on this podcast. So today's the first one. So hopefully, there'll be many more this festival season. But yeah, so today we're talking about all things Ultra Miami and Miami Music Week. And guys, it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was really, really awesome. Like, that's all I can say. Um, I have so many notes here and so many things to tell you guys about. I'm going to try to keep it concise. But if you want to have more information, really get into the weeds of it, you can go over to hardstylemag.com, check out my full review. This is Ultra. I also have two other reviews up on there. I have one about Charlotte DeWitt at M2, and then I have one um, from Ravers Wild. So you guys can go on over and check those out. So let's jump into things. Uh, first, I just want to say that this review is not sponsored by Ultra. These views are my own. Um... I did get pressed to go to Ultra, obviously, and I was sent there through Hardstyle Mag. Uh, but these views and opinions, these are my own. This was the amazing time that I had. And you guys can also check out my Instagram where I made a lot of reels. I went live and you could just see that, yeah, I had the time of my life. I had too much fun. To be honest, I'm still, I'm still tired from it. Um, but it was absolutely incredible. And I want to tell you guys all about it. So let's start at the beginning. So where did I stay during Ultra? So I stayed at the Holiday Inn um, by the airport, by the Miami airport. And the reason why I stayed so far away from the festival is because everything kind of kind of came together at the last minute. So by the time um, you know I got around to booking the hotel, it was a bit too late. Everything had already gone up astronomically. A lot of places were already totally booked out. So 
my advice would be to everybody to book really early. Obviously, this was out of my control. Um, I found out like, I think I found out that I was going for sure in mid-February. So yeah, it was like just a few weeks to go, quick, get everything ready. And yeah, I mean, I was I was ready in my head. Like I was manifesting this and I was looking forward to it. But yeah, everything kind of came together um, in just a few weeks. So thankfully I had my squad. Shout out to all you guys. I'm not going to list everybody, but you know who you are. Um, I had my squad and we stayed together at the Holiday Inn at the Miami airport. And the good thing about this hotel was that it was it was it was a budget hotel. It was convenient. It was easy. But the downside, it was not close to the venue. It was not close to Bayside. It was about a sorry, Bayfront, not Bayside. It was not close to Bayfront, not close to Bayfront Park. Um, yeah, it was about a 20 minute drive. Uh, and then, of course, you have to wait for Uber. And then, you know, you can't get all the way down to Bayfront Park. You have to walk the remainder of the way because all the streets are closed. So what's interesting about Ultra Music Festival is it is literally on the street. And I was listening back to my voice notes, which are really funny because I'm taking notes the whole time, guys, there when I'm working. So I do a mix of text notes and voice notes. It was mostly voice notes because my nails are so long now. <laughs> like it's hard to text and walk around and film. So I do a lot of like voice notes. And it was just funny. I'm like, we're on a street. We're legitimately on the road. So I'm like, there you can see city signs. Like at one point I was trying to find my friends and it was like, this is Northeast Second Street or whatever. Like it is on the street. Like there's no other way to explain it. it it's a street festival. Kind of feels like a block party vibe. Like they close off the street for the festival. So imagine, you know, you're coming with an Uber, you're coming from far away. You know, you you have to walk. It's it's it you're gonna have to walk one way or the other. So unless you're staying like right across the street. Um, we did have friends staying at the Intercontinental um right across the street from Ultra, which was really convenient. But yeah, those kind of hotels, you gotta book really early. You gotta be fast, um, or you gotta be ready to to pay a lot of money or share a room with a lot of people. So that's kind of about where we stayed. So how we got back and forth each day. We did rideshare apps, so Uber and Lyft. Um, the second day, when was it? I think it was on on Saturday. I ended up becoming friends with a Lyft driver. His name is Nixon. Shout out to Nixon. He's a new listener. Um, he ended up becoming our driver for the weekend. Uh, we just got his number and he hooked us up, which was amazing. It was really easy. Like he just said to, to text him or call him like a bit before the end. He came and got us. He told us where to meet and then took us to the next spot because as you guys will hear in a minute, Ultra for me wasn't just the festival. There was like a million other things going on and getting from one party to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. It was handy to have someone. So if you guys do have a friend in Miami or you do become friends with an Uber or Lyft driver, that's a great tip. Obviously, of course, safety first. So, you know, when I first met him, I shared the license plate with my friends. I shared um, his phone number. also shared my live location. Obviously, do what feels right, safety first. But if you are able to establish a good relationship with someone who has a car, that does help because things are quite far from each other. So you have Ultra, which is at Bayfront, and then you have all the clubs throughout Miami where Miami Music Week takes place. And we'll get into that in a second. So yeah, you got to get from one to another. And keep in mind, there's 165,000 people at Ultra all trying to do the same thing. And then you also have everybody else, you know, in Miami doing their thing on the weekend, also spring break. So traffic and congestion. And so it, it is handy if you have somebody who can shuttle you around for sure. 
So I want to talk a bit, because I've mentioned it now a few times, like what is Miami Music Week? How does that fit in with Ultra? Just so everything is clear. So Miami Music Week takes place every year in Miami, obviously, and it is a big conference, big parties. It's just all about electronic music. So you have panel discussions, you have networking events, you have pool parties, and then you have club events. And the at the end of that is Ultra Music Festival. So I did everything. <laughs> I did literally everything. Um, I actually could have done more, um, but there was literally not enough time. And yeah, like I said, I can't clone myself. I did try. <laughs> I, I, you'll hear in a minute how I did have to be at two places at the same time. And I somehow managed to pull it off. But yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on that week all over the city of Miami between the hotels and the nightclubs and just different events. And there's really something for everybody when we get into like the genres, you know, you have hard style, you have techno, you have trance, you have house, you have dubstep, you have, you know, th there's some drum and bass, like there is really is every genre, pretty much every, okay, like someone's going to come for me, be like, oh, but this is, but actually, no, I was about to use like Future Rave as an example, Future Rave was there, okay, there was no Moonbaton or Melbourne, Melbourne Bounce, well, to me, Trumpet did play a couple tracks, like, I couldn't say that I, there wasn't any, yeah, we even heard like terror and up tempo at the hard style. There wasn't any like even obscure subgenre that nobody played. And like you guys knew me, I'm listening with a very careful ear the entire time. So every genre was represented uh, between Miami Music Week and Ultra, which I really appreciate because I, even though my heart beats at 200 beats per minute, I, yeah, I like to dabble in every genre. And especially for events like this where there's just so much. And I can't wait. I won't get to this at the end, but like, I'm hoping to go again next year and do more and do different events. And I just feel like there is so much to do and see in Miami. It's such a big city. And it was actually my first time in Miami other than going to a Marlins game. So that's another thing too, guys. If you decide to do this festival, you can make a vacation out of it. Like there's the beach, obviously there's amazing food. I unfortunately did not have time for any of that. It was very quick, like DoorDash, DoorDash and Uber Eats for food and you know, running out the door and grabbing a smoothie at the festival and going to the next club and the next club and the next club, sleeping for a few hours. Like I unfortunately didn't have time for the beach and like relaxing Cuban dinners and margaritas this time, but maybe next time, <laughs> maybe next year. Um, yeah. So let's get into a bit now about the venue. So Bayfront, it's, I was shocked actually, but I didn't know what to expect. All I saw were like the beautiful, you know, Miami skyline. I was expecting that, but it's right on the water. So you have kind of this marketplace nearby where you have like kind of Margaritaville type of restaurants. Like it seems kind of like touristy kind of spots. Looks like some, looks like some good restaurants. If I had more time, I'd definitely like stop and have a drink or stop and eat by the water. Um, but yeah, there's this marketplace with nice shops and nice, like kind of, yeah, like I said, touristy restaurants. And then you have ultra, like literally right there on the street, right next to it. So then in the back you have beautiful, and I'll show some pictures and videos here. Um, uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, if you're, if you're listening to audio, you just got to close your eyes and envision it, or you can check out my review in hard style mag. You can see some really great photos. So then you have like the Miami skyline, these beautiful high rise apartments and hotels kind of overlooking it. And it's just everywhere you look, it's kind of the perfect backdrop. So that was what I thought was interesting because, you know, obviously I 
visited every stage and you know you're looking at the stage you have the skyline in the background or you have all the yachts and the the water in the background or you have like you know it's just every the marketplace or just everywhere you looked there was a nice backdrop which was really cool behind the stage or behind the crowd um the venue was really awesome i didn't know what to expect and that exceeded my expectations then at the same time though you are on the street and there are part the parts where there are grass there's it's hilly so if you're if you struggle to walk uphill if you're not used to hills like some people in the netherlands you know, there's this, this is a pretty flat country if you're not used to dancing on a hill that's where it kind of becomes problematic um i'd also certain points it did become quite dusty there is sand, there's dust. So those are just things to consider, especially when it comes down to deciding what you're going to wear. Um, yeah, my shoes got destroyed. Um, actually, my shoes, one pair of shoes got destroyed Wednesday, even before Ultra. And then the other, the other shoes got super dusty at Ultra. So I wouldn't recommend wearing brand new white shoes. Let's just say that. But the venue overall, it's beautiful. It's really nice. Picturesque. Uh, that's the way to describe it. So continuing on kind of my general impressions, I want to talk a little bit about the visuals. The visuals were crazy, insane. Um, I, as you guys know, I say this every episode of the podcast. I've been raving for 13 years, almost 14. I'm very, I don't know if I should be proud of that or embarrassed about that, but I'm going to say proud. I've been raving for a long time, you guys, and I've seen a lot of visuals. Um, I've seen Eric Prids multiple times. I've seen Excision multiple times. I've been to, yeah, obviously to Climax. I've been to a lot of events where uh, Reverse, where they're known for their visuals. The visuals at Ultra were insane. Um, it was my first time seeing Eric Pritz Holo. Everyone says it's hollow, whatever. I'm going to call it Holo. It was, in, that was wild. And we'll show some videos if you guys are watching on YouTube. You can also check them out on Instagram. It It's a holographic experience where things are just coming at you. Like it is insane. It is revolutionary technology. Eric Prids is one of the best DJs in my opinion. And when it comes to visuals, his sets are insane. Um, like I said, I've seen him a lot and this was like next level. There was a giant whale that came at you. There was like a giant phone that was like filming you while you were filming it. There was um, an astronaut. There's of course that giant hand that we all see um, when we look at the promotional material for, for Eric Prids and for Holo, Holo, whatever, come for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's Holo or Holo. I think it's Holo. So I'm hoping to see that set again at Tomorrowland. Um, so you'll be there as well um, with the same uh, production level. So those visuals were crazy. Also the visuals um, on Wednesday at Afterlife were crazy. We'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, just, and also at M2, just overall the visuals everywhere I went in Miami was great between the after parties and at Ultra. Uh, then of course, lasers, always good with the lasers. Um, yeah, just the production level is high. You know, you have confetti, you have fire, you have fireworks, lasers. And one thing that I saw at Ultra that I've never seen before was uh, a drone show. So I've seen these on YouTube, obviously, but I never seen it in real life. And they had a bunch, I don't, I don't know science guys, but like there's a bunch of drones and they made a U like the ultra logo. And that was really cool. So it was just kind of everywhere that you went around the festival, there was like something to see. 
it's like sensory overload, but I appreciate that because I, I like to be distracted. Um, I like that feeling of like, oh my God, like you look one way and there's a drone show. You look the other way, there's like fireworks. You look the other way, there's the Miami skyline. Then it's like beautiful water and yachts. And then over there, it's like the heart style stage. And it's just like everywhere there was something going on and it's it was too much, but also amazing at the same time. So it, at every moment you were constantly stimulated and I appreciate that. So that's about it for like ven- ven- the venue and- visuals so the sound i i didn't have any complaints about the sound quality i thought every stage i went to the sound quality was really good i did hear a few complaints online about some issues during zed set but i can't say i was there for that so i can't really speak about that in my opinion i thought the sound quality was good it was crisp i didn't hear any issues from any of the stages the whole weekend so that's that uh, when it gets to food and drinks. So I talk about this a lot in my review, but yeah, it's it's expensive. But guys, it's Miami. There's inflation. It's post-COVID world. Like you're gonna pay $15 for a white cloth, $14 for a beer. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna pay, you know, for food between $12 and $22, like for something to eat. Um, I did get smoothies. I got two smoothies at Ultra, and then we just ate before. Um, every day we ate before. So like one day I had Burger King, one day I had Subway. Um, I was pretty stocked up in the room as well with like protein bars and trail mix and chips and salsa and stuff like that. Um, yeah, one day I got Chinese food, just ate, you know, mostly ate before the festival and then just got a smoothie there at the festival. I also had granola bars with me the entire time as well. But so I can't really speak about the quality of the food, only the prices that I saw. I think some of my friends did get some sandwiches and stuff like that. We did have sandwiches in the press area. So that was good. Also chips. Um, But yeah, just just if you guys are playing this festival, just either, you know, eat a big meal before or just be prepared, set aside some money and just pick pick a couple things that you really like. But the variety of the food I thought was pretty crazy. There was like sushi, yakisoba, then obviously like hot dogs, pizza, pasta, meatballs. There was like empanadas, arepas. Like it was really food from all over the world. So I thought that was really cool. There was really something for everybody. Um, it wasn't just your traditional, yeah, it wasn't just your traditional like sandwiches and sliced pizza and fries. There was really a lot of diversity. There's also food stands like everywhere. So that was really cool. Um, so the stages. So let's get into the stages. I'm going to pull up my other notes here. So there are seven stages at Ultra. Um, let's start first with the main stage. So we got, we all know the main stage has the big U. Um, and what, what was cool about the main stage, and I say this in my article too, is it was like a beacon of light. Like anywhere you lost, you're like, there's the main stage because you saw the big, the big U. So you're like, okay, I'm not lost like I know where. Actually, the, the festival was pretty easy to navigate because it didn't go in a circle. It was like one end and the other end. And then a part in the middle, like it was just, I guess kind of like a U it was just easy to get around. Like at no point did I feel lost. Um, it was easy to find my friends. It was easy to get to the locker. It was easy to go to the bathroom. Like it was just very accessible compared to some festivals I went to that are just, you get very, very lost. And it's a lot of walking. This is not a festival with a lot of walking, um, seven stages. It's, it's not so big. Um, it just feels big because of the production level and the sound and the visuals and the amount of people. I think that makes it seem like overwhelming and big, but actually the size and span of it, I've gone to festivals with, you know, 15, 16, 17 stages um, where you're walking 45,000 steps a day. I think I probably did between 20 and 30,000 steps, but that's also including the 
you know, dancing in the after parties. So it's definitely very accessible. So that's about the main stage. Um, yeah, you had crazy fireworks, crazy things going on there, pyrotechnics. Um, I did I saw Hardwell at the main stage, Timmy Trumpet and Marshmallow. Um, we'll get into that in just a bit. So next, the live stage. So if you guys like dubstep and bass music, I know a lot of you do. This was for you. So like Rez was there, for example. I saw part of Kezo there of like hoping for hardstyle. He did play some. The cool thing about the live stage was that you had first the stage and then like stadium seating. So you could sit and watch and then you had a hill. So you could choose your own adventure kind of thing. Like you could stand up front in the crowd if you wanted to. You could sit in a in a stadium chair, you know, those foldable chairs, or you could dance or sit on the hill. And then there was also a path to walk. So you can like watch from the path or there was kind of a little, not a stoop, but like a little ledge where you could sit and also watch. So a lot of options there. So next, the resistance mega structure. This was crazy. Like this was probably my favorite stage, I have to say, other than the UMF radio stage, which we'll get to. This was Eric Pridge stage. This was the place for Carl Cox. This was the place for techno. Um, this was where the the Eric Pridge um, hollow show happens, like I said. And yeah, the, the production level and the lights, it was wild. It did get very hot and very packed. That's that's the only thing. It, was, it did get sweaty and stinky there. So if that's not your vibe, maybe go somewhere else, um, especially because, guys, you have to keep in mind, it is very hot in Miami. Um, there were some days where it was in the 80s Fahrenheit, like 30s Celsius. It's it was it's hot. And then imagine dancing all day with other sweaty, stinky people. So that's the only thing about that. So the worldwide stage that was next to resistance, and that was for trans. So I saw um Ferry Corst in there for a bit. I didn't spend that much time actually at the worldwide stage because I had a bunch of um trans after parties and I just saw a bunch of like trans DJs here in the Netherlands and I'm gonna see them again at other events. So I didn't spend very much time at the worldwide stage, I have to say, but it was cool. That was like right next to resistance. So if you had friends at one, you can just hop right over to the other. So like I said, my other favorite stage was the UMF radio stage. So the reason why I like this stage so much, it's Sunday was the dirty work stage. That's where you had all the hard style and hard dance. And also I like this stage because it's off to the side. It was like really off in the corner. And there's like the hill, like I said, if you want to just sit and relax. And then it was off the side and they had the bathrooms right there. And then my locker wasn't that far away. So I kind of just like the convenience of it. And that was kind of set apart. Um, if, if when I and there were moments where like I wasn't trying to get like sweaty hot in the in the middle of the crowd, so it was kind of nice to have that spot over to the side. Next up was the Resistance Cove, so I didn't really spend um, much time here, but it's the stage where it was like a big triangle, and that was more like the underground vibes, um, but at the same time in an intimate outdoor setting. So next year I want to check out this stage more because the lights and visuals did look really cool. I just I can't say I spent that much time there. Lastly was the Oasis stage. I didn't spend much time here either. Um, I only like walked by, but this was for the up and coming, the new talent. And it's a shame I actually didn't spend that much time there because you know, you guys, I'm always preaching, go to the talent stage, support the openers. And I do, and I did. Um, it was just, there was literally so much happening at Ultra. And obviously I had certain sets I needed to cover that I was required to cover um, or that I committed to covering. So can't clone myself. So if I were to do this all again, 
Um, I would spend more time at the Oasis stage for sure. Cause I'd like to check that out. It looked really, really cool. So that's about it for all the stages. So now I want to jump in and go day by day and let you guys know what I did. Cause I did a lot of stuff. So the first day was Wednesday. So I actually flew into Florida on Monday, spent a few days with my parents and then headed uh, into Miami with them on Wednesday. And they dropped me off, uh, which was really nice at the Nautilus hotel. So the Nautilus by Arlo is a really, really fancy, nice hotel, which was funny because you just had all these like party people there. And it was just like a funny contrast, a funny juxtaposition between like who you probably usually stays at this hotel and then just like the people there for ultra, especially like for a pool party. The pool parties get pretty crazy. So I met up with my friend Linda there and we went to the spinning spinning records mixer. So the Spinning Records Mixer was for industry professionals, come meet other industry professionals. We did some networking. We had some drinks. And then we headed over to the Spinning Records pool party. So at the pool party, I got to meet Tony Jr., which was really cool because I had been talking to his people over email. So it was really nice to put a name to a face. And funny enough, he actually does like drum lessons in the town where my boyfriend is from in Spockenburg. So that was like a <laughs> small world. Um at the pool party, we saw cream and we saw a craze. So that was really cool. Uh, unfortunately, we had to like rush back to the hotel because um, I needed to be at Afterlife before 10 o'clock. So then um, my friend Daniel and I headed over to Afterlife. And guys, the visuals at Afterlife are insane. It's really, really crazy. Um, yeah, again, if you're watching YouTube, uh, you guys can check out these videos here. If not, go to Insta go to my Instagram or go to Afterlife's Instagram it was, it's, it's the classic, the like upside down man. And it's just like all these different, I, I can't really do it justice. Um, so the videos don't do it justice. You really have to experience it for yourself. And I'm hoping to attend one of these events again, maybe in Tulum. That would be so cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can't imagine in Tulum, that'd be like next level, but yeah. So this, this one was at factory town and factory town is an outdoor nightclub in Miami. We had, there was like two separate stages, two rooms, but all outdoor. I ended up meeting up with a Dutch friend there, which was really random. That was kind of the like reoccurring theme of the whole week was like finding Dutch people, which was like hilarious because uh, my parents were telling me like, oh, you'll speak mostly Spanish in Miami. And I did. Obviously, there, you know, I met a lot of Spanish people. I spoke a lot of Spanish, but mostly it was, <laughs> it was this funny because I was expecting that that would be it. Right. But it was like a lot of Dutch. Um at Ultra itself, a, a lot, a lot of Dutch, which was really funny. So that was basically Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I did nothing, to be honest. I had like, I just needed to like decompress. I was like so tired from the first day. Um, just like took it easy, chilled, and like kind of got my like shit together for the rest of the week because I knew I was in for the long haul. I also had a lot of content to prep. I had things to film. I had to like organize my stuff. Um, I had so much stuff, also bringing equipment, which all the outfits, it was a lot. So Thursday just took it easy. So Friday was the first day of ultra. And I want to talk a little bit about what I wore each day as well. So for the first day for ultra, I wore um, a Relita Couture outfit. It was a crop top and a skirt. And yeah, it's kind of like a newspaper print. Um, and you guys know you have my code MC Unicorn. You can save some money at RolitaCouture.com. So this outfit is great because it's comfortable. It's easy to dance. Um, yeah, it's, it's flexible, it's plastic. So 
Yeah, that was what I wore. So I got there Friday um, and I checked in at press and press was on a yacht, which was crazy. I had a lot of moments of like, pinch me, is this my life? Like, is this real? I'm like on a yacht in Miami. Um, it was really, really cool. And I want to just give a big shout out to Jaime, Noah, Hannah, and Charlotte. Um, they were working press for Ultra and they really hooked everything up and maybe had an incredible experience. Um, so that was all really good like just chilling on the yacht, looking out at the Ferris wheel. So I started my day kind of like that, just kind of getting settled because I couldn't find where to go. And this is no one's fault, but my own. I'm you guys, if you know me in person, you know, I'm really bad directions. And obviously I was by myself because my friends had normal tickets. They weren't working at the event. So I like was really lost. And I was like running. And I was like, hi. So I just got there and just sat and decompressed and like had a drink and something you know, like sandwich and just like relaxed on the yacht got situated and then I went into ultra and I started to review each of the stages and that's when like my funny funny note voice notes came in where like we're on the street <laughs> like and just like it's a big triangle but like I know <laughs> hot dog like and just like key words um somehow that gets formed later on into these very long articles and now podcast reviews but yeah so I went and I checked out each stage kind of got the lay of the land got a locker all that kind of first day festival stuff kind of get feel for everything first set of the day was Tony Jr like I said it was really cool to meet him in person at the spin and records party and I wish I had gotten there earlier. Unfortunately, I only caught the last 30 minutes. I wish I was there the whole time because the set was so good. It was amazing. He was like jumping around. He was like on the stage dancing. He got the crowd hype. And uh, yeah, that was really, really cool. But then it kind of made me want hard style and like hardcore, up-tempo, terror, French court for the rest of the day. And yeah, obviously that was not the rest of the day. So that was a bit, I was like, yeah. And then it was like, okay, now it's time for techno. I can get down to techno, but when you get up, up, up in the mood and then you have to like bring it back down, sometimes it's difficult. So then after that, I headed right over to the resistance mega structure for Maceo Plex. And yeah, it was like, it was good techno. Like we were just vibing. The lights were really good and we wanted to get a good spot for Eric Prids. And I already said the visuals were insane. Um, I don't need to go through all of that again. So the highlight of this set was I actually met someone, shout out to Vic, who is the cousin of Priya from Bye Bye Plastic. So if you guys don't remember, we had Bye Bye Plastic on the podcast in season one. We had Camille. And then we've also been hanging out with Bye Bye Plastic in Amsterdam at ADE and been promoting their stuff. So yeah, that was really funny. Like, so basically I'm in the crowd and I'm like sweating. And I like look visibly hot. It was really hot sweaty and stinky and like someone just starts fanning me with like a huge fan and I was like oh thank you so much we started talking what's your name and it's like I said you know I'm working here he said oh me too he said he was working in the vendor in the eco village worked for bye bye plastic and like that was just crazy like it was so random there's more of this more of these serendipitous events happened over the weekend as well but I thought that was just really funny so set was really good I ended up leaving the set a bit early because it was just like unreasonably hot um, and I need to get water. So I need to leave to go get water. I didn't bring my camel back this time. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's always a struggle. Do you bring in the hydration pack? Do you not for American festivals? Like it's heavy. It, it can leak. Um, it ruins the outfit, but then at the same time you do have water the whole time, but you have to bite down on it. So it's kind of, yeah, when I bring one next year, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> um, just filling up water bottles basically. And, and, and I, like I said, I was lucky as press, I was able to like get water, um, throughout the day, soft drinks throughout the, throughout the day. So that was really good. So Friday night, right after ultra ended, I headed over to see Gareth Emery and Ferry Corsten. And that was really, really fun. Um, that was a really good trans. I wasn't there for that long, which is a couple of hours, but sets were really good. It's always good to see them. Um, I saw Ferry Corsten recently at EDC Orlando. I think I saw him another time here too in the Netherlands. I forget. Maybe it was mystery land. Gareth Emery, I've seen a lot too. We were singing Sanctuary. We were singing Concrete Angel. Um, it was just nice. Like sing along trance with your friends is is always fun. And I went with my friend Isaiah. Shout out to LevinCon. He's a friend of the podcast. And yeah, we had a blast. So that was Friday. That was day one. So, you know, got back late, early, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> late, slash early to the hotel. Passed out. And then Saturday had a bit of a later start. Um, I wore a custom outfit from Ravisaurus. Um, so shout out to Seam Lily. She lives in Slovakia and she makes beautiful, beautiful rave clothes. And she made me a custom outfit for Ultra. She also made me a custom outfit for EDC Orlando. And I had some outfits from her from um, Drop Zone. Probably going to hit her up again for more, for more outfits this festival season. But told her exactly kind of what I was looking for. And she makes it just for you. And yeah, so that was really awesome. The outfit's really special. And I got a lot of compliments on it. And it was perfect because it was like a bit more conservative because I was working, but still very ravey and fun. And yeah, it just, I, I like the long skirt. I like the colors. The vibes and the colors at Ultra are definitely more black and dark. You did have, you know, your traditional um, American rave style with the with the hair extensions and, you know, the bright neon uh, pastel colors. But for the most part, the vibes are a bit more like black and darker. So I also tried to match my outfits to that as well. So the two big highlights for Saturday were Hardwell and Marshmallow. So Hardwell, um, it's really crazy, actually. Um, way back in the day, I remember seeing Hardwell, I think like in 2012 at Pasha in New York with my brother. And hearing those songs again, like Spaceman, and, and it's just like, it's just surreal. It's you start to have these moments of like, wow, like I've come a long way. A lot, a lot has changed and a lot has stayed the same, right? So I used to, as you guys know, I used to be like a I used to be a shady club, not a shady club promoter, but kind of I used to be a club promoter. I was an I uh I also organized some events, you know, I was a promotional manager, did a lot of bartending, a lot of bringing towels to DJs on stage, a lot of running, um, a lot of stage managing, a lot of selling merchandise, a lot of handing out flyers, literally everything. So to be able to work at Ultra was just really, really cool to me. And I just had a lot of, like I said, these moments of like, oh my God, like I'm listening to the song. I remember from 2012, like from these clubs in New York, and now I'm hearing it and the main stage at Ultra and Hardwell's really special. Um, I'd love to have him on the podcast. I've, I've said that a lot in the podcast. I love what he does. And he recently made his return to the EDM scene. And that was at Ultra last year. So I was really curious to see what he had in store for us and was what I expected, which was a mix of like nostalgic classics that we love and some of his newer music, which I describe as like ominous techno, which I love. I'm here for it. So then I lost everybody. Um, I headed over to Marshmallow. Um, so I had been talking with Marshmallow's people for a while about covering the set um, for the article and also on Instagram, which was so cool because Marshmallow is such a big artist. 
So I ended up making friends with some Canadians. Sorry, I don't remember any of your guys' names, but shout out if you're listening. Um, I was front and center for Marshmallow, which was insane. It was the energy. I'm like, at parts of me, I'm like, I'm 32. Like, I'm old now. I feel like there, everyone was like so young. Um, it was it was really crazy. Uh, Marshmallow also brought out a special guest, um, Puerto Rican rapper and singer Faruco, to do a new track. I also included that in the article and on my Instagram. Um, I got some really good videos from someone's shoulders. I kept getting put on people's shoulder, shoulders. So thank you for you people who go to the gym that can do that. For me, that's really nice. <laughs> and yeah, I just got some really good content. The set was really good. It was a lot of fun. And I also had a lot of these kind of nostalgic vibes because, you know, like I said, hard dance is my life now for the most part, other than, of course, hard techno and side trance. But Back in the day, in like 2009, 2010, it was all about that big room sound. You know, it was all about Hardwell again and Tiesto and um, Avicii. And it was that big, those big room bangers. And and yeah, it's it was really crazy to hear that at Ultra again. Because it's not music I listen to so much now. I did go to Don't Let Daddy Know, you know, here at the Ziggo Dome. And I did have those moments again. I'm like, it's crazy to hear these songs again, like 10 years later, 15 years later. And be in such a different place in my life. But at the same time, be like, I'm still listening to the same music. I'm still doing the same, like still the same person, still wearing crazy clothes, still like chatting and doing all these crazy things. But it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but had some really surreal moments at Ultra. So then I ran out of Marshmallow, right, like right toward the end of the set, grabbed myself from the locker. And that's when, when I met um, Nixon, the amazing Lyft driver who helped me out. Um, I had to get to Marcus Scholl's. I was on the list there. Um, I wasn't working there, but it was just, I was on the list through a friend. And yeah, again, amazing trance. Marcus Scholl's did an open a closed set. I wasn't there for very long, but his open to close sets are crazy. I have experienced them before. And then I ran... <laughs> <laughs> ran again thank nixon picked me up and headed over to m2 m2 is a new nightclub that just opened up during miami music week it is two stories it is crazy i have a full review of this night um on hardstyle mag about charlotte dewitt so charlotte dewitt if you guys don't know she is the queen of hard techno she's the best and uh she threw it down it was amazing she played a lot of her banger tracks and also some ones that I didn't know. And I wish I Shazam them or looked them up, but some, some I couldn't even Shazam because they were like ID tracks. I'm like, Oh, I want to know. So if you guys were there and you have a track list for me, because it was like from the beginning to end, it was so good. And the lasers were crazy. So the lasers came down from the top of the ceiling, like a chandelier. And then they shot at you from the sides. And then behind her, behind the DJ booth was these crazy visuals. Again, there was like a 3D face. I don't know how they do it. Technology, science. Um, and then like a maze and stairs. And it kind of reminded me here in the Netherlands, there's a famous uh, painter, one of my favorites, uh, famous artist, MC Escher. And like it has those like trippy stairs. Like it kind of looked like that. And it was like moving mazes and yeah, really cool visuals. The vibe there was, it was really dark underground vibes, but at the same time, this was a pretty upscale club. Like you could tell most nights they probably have like kind of more upscale events just from like the decor and, you know, the two stories and the overlook on the balconies. Um, so it was kind of cool hearing hard techno in, in that setting. So that was Saturday. So yeah, it was a, a lot. Um, yeah, doing two after parties back to back from ultra it was a lot. It was definitely a lot. Um, and then, yeah, and now we get into Sunday. <laughs> 
So Sunday, um, I wore a new outfit from Shroom Beach. Shroom Beach is my latest collaboration. You can use code MCUnicorn20. Um, they do trippy psychedelic outfits. And I had this really cool outfit. It was like kind of like a, a sports bra and like high-waisted biker kind of running shorts, I guess you would call them. Really comfortable. All my outfits were really comfortable uh, for Ultra, I have to say. At no point was I like didn't need to tape anything to myself, wasn't like adjusting things. Nothing was like falling down or ripping. Like I kept it pretty comfy, pretty cozy. Also wore sneakers every day. And I also wore my Scantrax hat. Thanks. Thank you to Scantrax. I'm doing a lot of work with them now with Hardstyle Mag and they hooked me up with, with some cool swag. And so I was rocking their hat. And yeah, so Sunday was all about Hardstyle. So Sunday was the dirty work stay, dirty work stage. Um, you had Rebellion, you had Kuhn. So Kuhn, you can check out my interview with him. It was really cool chatting with him about what went into creating this stage because like I interviewed him before Ultra and now Ultra, like, oh my God, it just makes sense. Like he had Darren Styles and Detweekas and Little Texas and just the variety of hard style and hard dance artists. That was really, really cool. Um, I did have a funny kind of embarrassing moment with Rebellion on the press yacht. I was wearing my Scantrax hat, like I said, and they're like, oh, Scantrax. I'm like, oh, are you guys, are you guys from the Netherlands? And they're like, yeah, I start talking. Uh, and then um, I'm like, oh, do you have Instagram? And they pull up their Instagram. And it's like official rebellion. I was like, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. Like, I should know what you guys look like. I'm so sorry. And, like, I saw their set, too, but I was like far away. And I have LASIK now, you know, I have no excuse for not seeing somebody. But it was just funny. I didn't recognize them. And um, yeah, that was like we were all laughing. We were just saying like ridiculous Dutch words that I'm not going to repeat on the podcast, but just like silly, silly stuff. Um, it was really cool meeting them and their team. That was really, really cool. And then I connected with my friend Looney Tunes again there too. It was just, Sunday was kind of like a hardstyle reu family reunion. It was just like, I connected with my friend Chase. It was just like all these people I haven't seen for a long time. Mike Dritto, just people, people I haven't seen it like talked to in 10 years. Like, what are you doing here? And like, everybody was there for ultra. Everybody was there for the dirty work stage. Everyone was there for hardstyle. And I saw a lot of people too, like, that were discovering it for the first time. So actually one other crazy thing that happened to me over the weekend was uh, I was at my locker and at the locker next to me, I heard people speaking Dutch. I asked where in the Netherlands they were from. And they said, they're from the Hague. And I was like, oh, me too. Where in the Hague? And they're like, why should I? I was like, me too. So I met two of my neighbors. So <laughs> that was really funny. And I actually brought them to the hardstyle stage with me and they never listened to hardstyle and they like loved it. They like kept wanting to keep listening to it. So that was really cool. One other me big memorable moment for the day, um, to me, Trumpet brought Sub-Zero Project up on the stage. So that was really cool as well. Um, and they also played um, on the Dirty Work stage too. So yeah, basically the day wrapped up with Lil Texas, which was amazing. I was so happy about that to hear Uptempo. Um, he played Kesha's Die Young edit. And that was another moment for me where I was just like, oh my God, like 2009 in the dorms. Or actually, no, that song came out in like 2012. But like Kesha in general, it came out like my freshman year of college, like her first songs. I think TikTok came out first. Anyway, young college me straightening my hair in the dorms, you know, getting ready to go out to the club and like listening to Kesha. And then to hear the up-tempo edit, the up-tempo version at Ultra, like crazy and like everyone going insane. And you have the Miami skyline again in the background and all the lights. And it was just the perfect end to the perfect weekend. But that actually was not the end because we have more after parties. 
So uh, after after Ultra wrapped up, after Little Texas wrapped up, we uh, headed on over to um, another club in Winewood called, I think it was called Electric Lady, and this was for Ravers Wild. So Ravers Wild is an event organized by some of my friends, and it was all about hard dance. So they had Looney Tunes and Levin Con, and yeah, it was really, really cool the outdoor club um it was like one room and they had so it was like uh, the theme was like wild card and they said these like different magic cards and i actually did burn myself on one of the pyrotechnic things which i did <laughs> like reminded myself of why like my friends were watching back the video you can see me filming and i was like oh and like it didn't hurt but i was like <laughs> spark like oh. um so that was kind of funny just showed that it was like a really long weekend um it was cool. We had bottle service at the club and it was, it was funny. They actually brought the bottles to the wrong table at first. They were like, yeah, everyone was like, yay. And then came back to us like, yay. Um, but yeah, it was, the music was really, really good. It was nice to end the weekend with uptempo and French core and hard dance and Looney Tunes played a lot of my favorite tracks. One of my favorite tracks from Looney Tunes is fired up. And I remember the first time I heard Fired Up was on like a live stream. I think it was like Carnage played it at Tomorrowland like years ago. I was like, what is this song? What is this song? And I kept trying to find it, kept trying to find it. Finally, like it came out and that was like my jam in like, I think 2014, 2015. Um, and so, yeah, it's just nice to hear all these like nostalgic songs again. And then also, of course, a lot of um, new music as well. So that wraps things up, guys. Um, I think I got everything like. Check out my article at heartstylemag.com. Check out my content on Instagram. It was a lot. It was a really long week, weekend. I don't know if you were going to days. Um, but I'm incredibly honored and thankful to have that opportunity. And thank you for everybody who made that possible. It I like, I don't, I it was insane. That's all I can say. Really, really cool. And I'm looking forward to more opportunities like that. And I would love to go again. Um, I definitely recommend ultra to everybody. Like everybody should go. Um, like I heard mixed things about it, um, from other podcasts and YouTubers and content creators, but I gave it a 97% of my article. Like I had an amazing time. I thought it was incredibly well organized. The music was really good. You have a lot of diversity in the lineup. You just need more time to do everything, you know? And I guess the only critique that I had, and I said this in my article too, is there was really not enough water refill stations. I only saw two. Um, and like I said, I was doing laps around. So you guys correct me if there were more, but only saw two water refill stations. And like I said, it was extremely hot. So that is that's a problem. And when water is $5, it's good to have, you know, more water refill stations. That would be the only thing. There were places to wash your hands, but it said, you know, this is do not drink the water. And I saw a lot of people filling up water bottles there. So that's also like a bit, you know, safety, safety things concerning. But everything else was really amazing. And yeah, I, I had the best time. I want to go again next year. And I'm looking forward to attending other events from Ultra and Resistance. Um, one other kind of crazy thing that happened was last year when I was in Croatia, I was in Split and Ultra Europe was taking place like right by where our Airbnb was. So one night we just went and we watched Ultra from like across the street, just like they had some drinks and we actually watched it, part of it like from these woods. There was like a forest where a lot of like Croatian people were just watching and having drinks. And it was funny, like it's like, okay, like, 2022 I was watching ultra from the forest and then 2023 I'm like watching it from from the decks and just that was insane so 
really, really cool. That's it for my review. And yeah, we're going to jump into announcements in just a second. We'll be right back. So before we sign off today, just a couple of quick announcements. So here at Drop Ace Not Bombs, we recently launched our Spotify playlist. Yay! This is an amazing idea from our audio editor and friend of the podcast, Arturo. It was a really good idea. So basically what we did was we got all the artists who came on the podcast. So like Rob G, Mouth of Madness, Nootropic, Bright Visions. I'm not going to name all of them. Annex, maybe I will. <laughs> Whatever. You guys can look it up. We got all their music and we put it on the playlist and it's called Podcast Guests. And yeah, I'll put the link in the description so you guys can check that out. Actually, if you just go to the Spotify link, you'll see it. And yeah, that's really cool. And that is going to be um, evolving and growing that playlist, obviously, when artists put out more tracks. Also, Kutsky. Kutsky is a big one, too more tracks, more music. We're going to keep updating it. And yeah, guys, let me know what DJs and artists you want to see on the podcast. Um, also had a lot of vocalists too. So let me know. And we're happy to add them to the playlist. Happy to have them on the podcast as well. Um, yeah, eventually we're probably going to add another playlist for DJs who've played at our events and live streams. Like we've just had so many. And then we also have a lot of friends of the podcast. I have a lot of people who are always like sharing my stuff and helping me and giving me behind the scenes, like advice, things like that. Then I just have my friends who are also all DJs. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of good music coming out from everybody. So be sure to check that out. My next announcement is about my Patreon. So I recently started a Patreon with friend of the podcast, Elena Van Wyk, and it's called Ravers Revelations. And this is your opportunity to submit your crazy stories. You guys have had some really, a lot of, weird stories i'm not gonna say them because you have to subscribe to patreon but some weird stuff happening out there um at festivals but we'd love to hear it um i also dive a little bit deeper on there too with my personal stories um patreon is a paid subscription so it's a great way to support me it's a great way to support the podcast also elena and all the cool things she's doing you know as content creators you have to find ways to to make money because this stuff is not cheap <laughs> it's not cheap and it's not easy so you can support us by going to Patreon, to Ravers Revelations. There's different levels of membership, different benefits that you get, and you get to hear some really crazy stories. You get to know me better, also behind the scenes content. So the last episode we did was about unexpected moments at Raves. Um, and then next time it's going to be festival first. So stay tuned for that. So lastly, usual drill you guys know by now drop zone festival i have a code for you guys to use so if you guys have been listening to the podcast you already know i'm an official ambassador for drop zone festival it's one of my favorite festivals it is the ultimate hard style holiday in croatia so if you guys want to save money on your accommodations they have really nice places to stay we did the pool apartments last year beautiful pool like we're up in the top deck like a nice balcony and you know overlooking the ocean if you guys want to stay in an apartment like that, um, it's really easy to get to the festival from there too. You can use my code. It's D-Z-D-U-C-Q. That's D as in dog, Z as in zebra, D as in dog, U as in umbrella, C as in cat, Q as in queen. So enter code D-Z-D-U-C-Q at checkout, dropsomefest.com. Save that money. Let's party in Croatia this summer. So 
that's about it from me for today. You can follow me on Instagram, um, MC Unicorn Official. Follow us on Instagram, Drop Base Not Bombs NL. Check out our Patreon, Ravers Revelations. Like, subscribe, thumbs up, follow, five stars, do all the things. And we'll see you next time, Friday, May 5th, with another episode. Bye.